0: Welcome to Eurodollar University with Jeff Snyder. My name is Emil Kalinowski. We're joined by Steve Van Meter. Steve, we are going to be talking about Treasury International Capital data. Have you talked about this on your show before? Because this, some our audience knows this is one of those reports that allows you to take a look through the keyhole as to what's happening internationally and, and get a sense of what's happening in the monetary system?
1: You know, that, that's a great question, Bill, because I did talk about it the other day, and it's something I like to talk about on a regular basis when the data comes available every month. But one of the challenges that I have is, well, most people have no clue how to interpret it. They they have an interpretation, But it's very difficult to use it because it's wrong. And so um, I always look and wait for Jeff's comments on it because, well, that's the only person I know that gets it right and actually understands how it connects to the global monetary system. And so I think when people understand that, particularly now when we look at the uh, treasury yields and interest rates, the prevailing view seems to be that, well, they can only go up. But when you start to understand the monetary system, From the euro dollar shortage that Jeff talks about, and you can then look at the tick data and connect the two, you really start to broaden your perspective on what's really likely to happen.
0: Jeff, we're going to be reading from an article titled When Global Banks Won't Tick, and we're going to show a few graphs from there. Can people read this article?
2: Yes, now they can get it for free if they go to marketsinsiderpro.com for a limited time. Sign up there. Um, these deep dive articles where we go into tick and some of the other things, plus a daily briefing, plus Steve's uh, Mo- Momentum Timer Pro, those are all available. MarketsinsiderPro.com, limited time, everything's available for free. Okay.
0: Treasury International Capital Report produced about two months in delay. We're going to be going over May. And here's here are the highlights, Jeff of, Official Overseas Reserve Managers. Central bankers, let's say, sold tons of U.S. treasuries. Private foreign investors were busy buying them. And China's central bank was leading the selling. So, in the mainstream narrative, that means China's doing this for geopolitical purposes, to send a message because Cold War II is on the table. It's imminent or in progress. Meanwhile, official overseas reserve managers are selling tons of U.S. Treasuries because the U.S. government is bankrupt and morally corrupt, and they're sending them a message as well. But why are foreign investors buying them? I don't know. Maybe they're, they didn't get the memo yet. Jeff, that's the mainstream narrative. Have I been unfair to the mainstream narrative?
2: Unfair to the narrative? No. I think the only thing that I would add is that the amount of foreign private investor buying in May was unprecedented. It's actually at record levels. So... Maybe you maybe just slightly uh, characterize uh, characterize it a little bit differently that that way, but uh, by and large, that's what everybody says when the tick data comes out. You see heavy selling by foreign governments, mostly central banks, sometimes reserve managers. We don't know who it is exactly, but that's what everybody says that they hate America, they hate Treasuries, interest rates, the Fed, the dollar's going to crash. What pick your poison here, whatever narrative that you want. The, the tick data seems to at least fit with that idea that. Foreigners don't want US paper anymore. And the other part of that is if foreigners start selling their treasuries, the treasury market in America itself is doomed. We cannot survive without this foreign capital. And that's just, that's just not the way to look at this. Steve said, this is not the way you look at the in data because that's not what the data tells you.
0: We're going to be looking at a graph from your article and you call this the blue data and you have a very nice summary over here. Let me read the summary and then we'll go to the graph. Quote, when the blue is rising, an audience, Jeff will explain what the blue means. When the blue is rising, meaning a brisker expanding trade From the outside no no, I messed it all up. I'm gonna start all over. But we're not gonna edit that out, dear audience. Unlike some shows that are (laughs) professional, we're gonna leave all the mistakes in. When the blue is rising, meaning a brisker expanding trade from the inside of the US out into the offshore Euro dollar world, the dollar's exchange value will almost always be falling, yield curves near always be steepening, and the world economy seemingly heading toward a much better. More optimistic place, and Jeff, keep in mind as you're explaining what that means. We're going to show this graph now from 1978 all the way to present time, and tell the audience from 1978 to 2008 we see this exponential increase, which is what I was just describing, and then since then, not so much.
2: Not so much, nothing. Absolutely, absolutely clear that there's a change in 2007 and 2008. And it's funny, there's a couple of things you can see there. There's There's a really rapid growth up until around 1995, where it really just explodes. And then it just goes parabolic from there until right around uh, late 2007, really bare sterns, where suddenly that that drops off. Now, why I call it the blue and what we're really looking at, there's essentially, I hate to say this, but for explanation purposes, there's three parts of the system, or there's three ways to describe the system using what limited data that we have. You know, the tick data is one of them, Z1 from the Fed is another. But what essentially you have, you have U.S. banks transacting with offshore banks in both directions. So you have U.S. banks, and that includes U.S.-based subsidiaries of foreign banks. Those are classified as U.S. banks or domestic banks. They will be lending dollars and lending dollar-denominated securities to banks outside the United States. That's what we see in this data, what I call the blue data, which is U.S. banks lending to the outside. That's one of the three parts. The other part, which I call the red data, is those banks on the outside of the U.S. lending cash and mostly securities back into the United States, all in U.S. dollar denominated terms. Uh, And again, foreign banks include uh, foreign-based subsidiaries of U.S. banks. That's how they're classified. They're classified as if they're foreign banks. So We have those banks outside the US that are transacting in US dollars, lending dollars and securities into the US. That's the red. Now, the part we don't have any data on, because how would we have any data on? Is the foreign to foreign. It's the bank in the Cayman Islands. Emil, you doing business with someone in Singapore, for example. We have no data on that, on that, because it's all in US dollars. It's all basically offshore. It's offshore in every sense of the word. It's it's really shadow money. So what we're really doing is taking the data we do have, the red and the blue, that covers two out of the three, and saying, well, we don't know exactly what's going on in that third segment, but we're reasonably sure if we see both the blue and reds kind of agree, we can be reasonably assured that, that what's going on in that third part is probably similar—if if, if is similar in proportions as well as the same direction. So if we see problems in the red, problems in the blue, we're pretty much assured there's problems in all three segments everywhere.
0: Steve, any thoughts? I know it's sudden, but do you have any thoughts? But first, this, from Eurodollar Enterprises. The motion picture event of the summer, contango in cash. When an international smuggling rink uses the local commodity exchange to send gold into backwardation, two macroeconomists take matters into their own hands and onto the spot market. Starring Travis the President Kimmel as Contango. You can take delivery and lead, punk. And Steven the Monarch Van Meter as Cash. You know how I promised to let you close out that trade? Yeah, man, you did, Cash. You did promise. I lied. With Grant Williams as the polite British guy. Well, Chops, you put the mockers on, didn't you? This motion picture will never be rated available only on demand at Real Vision.
1: Yeah, and and that's kind of what's interesting about the tick data to me and why this is really important for people to understand. And and Jeff gives us the detailed explanation of it, and and that's great. Let me give people kind of an easier way to kind of how, how to approach this. Think of treasuries as gold. So if we go back to, say, a gold-based system, uh, what was the goal of a country? To accumulate gold because it meant your economy was growing and expanding. Well, treasuries are, in a sense, in a dollar standard, gold. So if you see this line, this blue line rising, well, as Jeff will tell us, that means the global economy is expanding. And the case he's been making for years is, hey, look, something went wrong in 2007 in the global economy stopped working right. And this is the evidence of it, because when we start to see these foreign institutions sell, um, that actually means there's a problem. And I think that's where Jeff's going to go. What is the problem we're facing?
0: Steve, you just said something went wrong in 2007, but the audience looking at the graph right now can see that something also went wrong in 2011 and 2014 and 2018 and 2008. 2000- twenty one and yes, that means something's going wrong right now, Jeff, that it's no coincidence. in fact, maybe this is the data that we use to time and measure when these euro dollar global credit money shortage uh, events take place. and if we zoom in on this next graph, now we're looking at a much more granular as much as we can on a monthly basis. Uh, 2018 to present, Jeff. and what should we take away from banks? Lending to the rest of the world over the last two years, and of course, more importantly, recently.
2: Yeah. Without getting into the the exact details, just from a high level perspective, this aggregate balance in the blue, for example, what it tells us is that something happened. We don't know specifically what it is. I mean, we have an idea, but something changed so that banks lend U.S. banks lending to the outside part suddenly stopped. At least, it it stopped rising as it had been doing before then.
0: When? And what do you mean by we have an idea? Go ahead. Give it to the audience because they'll be angry.
2: The when is May and June of 2021, which just so happens to coincide with our quote unquote dating the euro Euro dollar number five cycle because we saw May in particular show up in every friggin chart around the, the financial economy, whether it be the yield curve, whether it's interest rate swabs, any number of financial indications, the rising dollar suddenly accelerated All of it points to something happened around May, and the blue data says, yup, something happened where U.S. banks stopped lending in the same capacity as they had been up until that point. They cut back on the amount of cash and short-term denominated securities that were being lent out into the system right around May. So the tick data corroborates what we've already seen in the market, and it tells us a little bit of detail behind why that was why did the market do what it did well deflationary money is one one of the consequences
0: let me go back in time for just a moment to 2018 jeff because there are rules and then there are exceptions to the rule and basically if this level is rising that means reflation good things in the economy but in 2018 we see that something went wrong i mean the broader economy was contracting, slowing, things were going wrong. But if we look at this graph right now, if we just looked at that one independent measure, we would be saying, well, things were really improving and going great from the middle of 2018 all the way until the COVID strike. So what is there an exception to this rule or should we just throw this whole measure out?
2: Well, you can do that if you want, but I I wouldn't recommend it. What happened was something went on in the Cayman Islands, and the Treasury Department, the tick data collectors, told us that hey, we suddenly decided we needed to take a closer look at CLOs, collateralized loan obligations, because there seems to be a lot of them being transacted back and forth inside the U.S., outside the U.S., and back and and back again. And so, in the middle of twenty eighteen, they said we're gonna not go back and redescribe and rewrite and revise, you know decades worth of previous tick data. We're just going to add these new CLOs to the, the blue series. And you guys are just going to have to make judgments about how that affects the overall situation. So sometimes we have to make some, uh, some adjustments to the data to try to compare apples to apples. But by and large, it still adds up to the same picture, which was something really big happened in 2018. And the global euro dollar system struggled to handle it from there on.
0: I've already spoken to the authorities, by the way, Jeff, about this. And I have a dozen people who testify to me being somewhere else. So I have an airtight alibi. We don't need to go through. So for various authorities, if they're interested. All right.
2: You've you've alibied yourself already.
0: (laughs) All right. Enough with the jokes, Steve. Let's get serious. Come on. Uh, What should we talk about next? I guess the other direction. When you look at this, Steve, uh, do you get any sort of analysis, any f- any sense when you see banks in the U.S. borrowing from abroad? Do you get any any feelings, any thoughts, any ideas on
1: this? Well, yeah, that's a good question, Bill. Because why does this even matter? Why do we even spend any time looking at this? Because the three of us are monetary sleuths. You know, we're looking around at the data and trying to figure out what's going on, and we see indicators that might suggest. You know, there could be a dollar shortage. And this is important because as an investor and in our case, money managers, we want to know if there's a shortage of dollars and that plays out in a deflationary environment. It could lead to a recession. And this is really interesting. And what Jeff's telling us is, hey, we see these signals, but the tick data is saying, yeah, that isn't what, what you saw a couple months ago or the beginnings of it. It is indeed a dollar shortage. And so right now, you know, we see investors continuing to pile into stocks. They're continuing to buy every dip. They're believing that some magic, you know, one, the Fed is going to wave in a few months and all of a sudden things are going to get good and there's going to be all this reflation. And what the tick state is saying, along with the other leading indicators, is no, things are actually getting worse. And of course... As we talked about the last time I was on your show, the, the inversion of the eurodollar futures curve, you, it starts to connect the dots and you get that aha moment to say, hey, there's something here and I probably should pay attention and try to understand it. Jeff, people should
0: do a double take when they hear that foreigners are lending U.S. dollars to U.S. banks. Tell us what we should observe in the May data for uh, for the red data.
2: Well, it's even worse than that. <laughs> they're not just lending US dollars to le- to US banks. By and large, they're lending US treasury securities to US banks. So, that's the other thing to keep in mind here. I know that, you know, when we talk about money, we talk about lending, usually you think there's cash involved. This is what was what we're talking about, right? These are banks. What are, what else are banks going to be doing except lending cash? And what you find out is no, most of the time they're lending securities back and forth. <laughs> Which, as we've talked about many times, allows the, uh, or opens the door for a lot of junk to be introduced into the global system, which comes about in, in a number of ways. But I think the you know, the overall, uh, before I get to your question, Emil, you know, I think the overall picture here is that we had the blue data say something started to go wrong in May. And you saw the yield curve, for example, kind of flatten a little bit, but it wasn't all that much. And then, as we've talked about numerous times, something changed around October, where flattening in the yield curve really accelerated. That's when the euro dollar futures curve really still is accelerated as well. You see it in interest rate swaps, you see it in the U.S. dollar. And we also see it in the red. So between May and October last year, the blue was thinking, OK, something's going wrong there. But the red was kind of unbothered. So that was the cash and securities coming from outside the U.S. into the U.S. And then October, November, suddenly the red starts to look like the blue, which kind of makes sense because you can interpret the blue data from May to between May and October as part of the system experiencing a spasm, but not the whole thing. But when we see both the red and blue get together around October, November, then it makes sense why you would have accelerating deflationary indications across fixed income markets because now you don't have just a small impairment in one corner, you likely have impairment or risk aversion, however you want to call it, lack of lending activity in securities and cash in both sections that we can see and therefore likely in all three sections, including the one that we can't see. So when the red and blue got together, it was, as Steve said, there's sort of an aha there. We kind of knew something went wrong in October or started to go more wrong in October. And here's the tick data telling us, yes, More and more of the global banking system joined in that risk aversion trend as it accelerated from October forward.
0: Steve, I'm often uh, going about my day and accosted by strangers and they say, yeah, well, what is the solution? What are we supposed to do because of this? You tell us and you, not you, Steve, but they're referring to Jeff specifically, sometimes me. And they say, well, what are we supposed to do? Thank you for informing us. What's the next step? Any thoughts?
1: Yeah, and and that's exactly what people should be asking, because what what have we heard Jeff say? You know, and not in in this show, but we've heard him say in recent shows that something's going to cause the Fed to pivot and massively reverse their tightening policy and go to almost maybe perhaps the other extreme of rapid easing. And so what we're doing is we're looking at the evidence here and what we're seeing is more and more of it. And that all that's telling us is the probabilities that Jeff is going to be right are increasing. And we as we get more data, it tells us that it's even more likely. And so from an investment standpoint, you think if, if the Fed is going to go from their current mode of tightening to a rapid decline in rates and easing, it tells you there's something structurally wrong. It means that risk assets are likely to fall. It means that safe assets, which would be treasuries, are likely to go up because interest rates will fall too. And that's what's interesting is, you know, and I don't have a chart of this, and maybe Jeff has one or we'll put one in one of his reports in the future. Is When you look at treasury yields in particular during these dollar shortages, you see them fall. And why? And always the question is, why does this happen? Is because where do new dollars come from? Well, when people borrow money out of the commercial banking system in the euro and the euro dollar banking system. Well, the only way we can see more people borrow, we need to see rates fall. And of course, all of this starts to come together of why we see these patterns repeat. As Jeff often points out, we're on euro dollar number five, I think now. And the likelihood that we're going to see the same thing happened through one through four. Well, we're going to see it again.
0: Jeff, we started out. The whole show here has been rather high level. We offered a few morsels of more detail in the beginning. China selling a lot of treasuries, private investors buying more than ever. Any, any final detailed thoughts that you want to give the audience before we wrap it up?
2: Yeah, I think that's the interesting one there is why we're foreign private investors. As we talked about with Steve last week, Remember, foreign official investors, central bankers, are the worst investors in treasuries, maybe possible, because they don't buy their assets for returns. You know, they're as what was the analogy There was a savings account. Use the reserves as, you know, a savings. You don't care about the return in a savings account. It's a liquid, liquid asset that you can use in a moment's notice in a pinch. So there's a difference between foreign governments and central banks selling and private investors just. At buying an epic amount in May. And you think about what the, the Treasury market was doing in May, it was selling off, yields were rising, which meant Treasury bonds were getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So in one sense, we have overseas private investors saying around somewhere in May, we don't know exactly when in May or what rate or what price they, were, they started buying at, but they were saying, look, Maybe we need to start picking up these safe liquid U.S. dollar instruments on the cheap because maybe we're a little bit worried about the way the world is turning moving forward. And with prices, you know, hey, thank you, Jay Powell. Thank you for raising the front end of the yield curve and therefore uh, contributing to the sell off on the back end. You've just allowed us to pick up safe and liquid instruments very cheaply. And we want, as I said, it was a record buying spree uh, from private foreign investors in May.
0: To be determined, we'll keep our eye on it. Jeff, Steve, thank you very much for joining me, us. I enjoyed it. I'll talk to you again next week.